Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And we've got a humdinger of a show for you. We are covering something that's known as the Spell Plague. Yes. And for me personally, it's something I have like a passing familiarity with, mm-hmm. simply because uh, it sort of takes place in the fourth edition era of D&D, which... If you're like me, you're probably like that's probably an addition you did not play either one like you, you know you nope. came to the game uh with 5th edition, you know, with the explosive, you know, pop, uh, popularity of the game mm-hmm. or uh you or, or you're like me and you uh played 3rd edition and sort of like stuck your nose up to 4th edition <laughs> and then continued to play 3.5 and or Pathfinder um, for mm-hmm. about a decade until fifth edition came out and you're like hey I, hey this is fun and this is easy uh mm-hmm. one of my favorite not to digress too quickly but one of my favorite um like this is how easy D D is it's like sneakily easy is mm-hmm. our good friend darkwing messaged me he's like hey so when you're making a roll you just add like any bonus modifiers and your proficiency if you have that and in your d20 and that's it and i'm like that's it it's like that's it like I know it seems like it it should it like there should be more there should be more math but no uh-huh. that's it's very, that's it and it's awesome and it's easy um yeah. but yeah so spell plague so spell plague spell plague took place um in like I said fourth edition era of D and D and so it's something that's you know very it had huge ramifications on Absolutely. the Forgotten Realms world uh, but just again and like something mm-hmm. that I feel um might be not as um you know well known as other as maybe. other huge sort of world changing maybe so uh so mary you you wanted to dig into the spell plague I did. you want to do a little digging you want to put on your your sleuth hat your it's... bust out your uh my little uh, journal and that tiny little pencil and the hat with the little id pass like a the transatlantic reporter is that what i'm doing yeah yeah researching the spell plague well i was thinking like more like sherlock holmes like the magnifying glass and stuff either way i mean or maybe you're a little both maybe you're um, probably a little both (laughs) a reporter who moonlights as an investigator or vice versa that's of course that's just part of my origin story your hero origin story we discussed my hero arc yeah we discussed your villain origin story in the (laughs) in the pre-show banter we did i'm a terrible human being guys i'm the worst (laughs) so tell us about the spell plague so the best description i found that i just absolutely loved was this was this excerpt uh from the journal of arlinaya 
Keith Mayer, the first magistrati of the House of the High One Ascendant in the year of Blue Fire, which is 1385 DR. Reaching out from, or reaching out northwest from beyond the horizon's rim, I beheld a sight which at once, which was at once horrifying as it was beautiful. A storm-like catastrophe rolling across the sky, which seemed to be ablaze with blue fire. Frozen in stupefying awe, I witnessed the cerulean thunderhead crash into the mighty Lergal, throwing pillars of fire skyward to snatch at Saloon's calming light. Saloon, my gods, the surface of the moon, long presented to us mortals as a barren landscape of craters and lifeless valleys, now revealed to me the majestic mountains and sprawling seas, itself alight with a similar cobalt radiance. A nearby exclamation from the magehound returned my attention earthward to witness a shimmering wall of sapphire flame racing down Mare Pass. Five breaths longer, and the storm would crash into the battlement upon which I stood with a handful of loom wardens. I recall hastily whispering prayers to Azuth, a moment of unqualified stillness, and then nothing. Oh, that's like, that blast part gives me chills. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is, you know, we're, we're talking about the spell plague here mm -hmm. and and uh, next week and for the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about War of the Lance and the Patron Plus installment for one of those episodes. We'll be talking about the Cataclysm, which precedes the the War of the Lance and the Cataclysm, like this sort of like, unanswered prayer idea, like definitely plays into the Cataclysm. And just that whole uh, like narrative is mm -hmm. very interesting to me. So I'm I'm digging this so far. I'm excited about it. So as the sun began to fade on the 29th day of Karsak, which is the fourth month of the year for um, for our you know D&D world, um, in the year of blue fire, a storm formed above the shining south. Great rolling tendrils of blue flames reached out from the massive cerulean thunderhead and spread across the lands, forever changing everything in its wake. What the priests of Azuth did not know when watching this oncoming storm approach from their place in the mountains of Lahair um, was that there were several other storms like this all across the land. Three score, possibly more than that, scattered across the entire surface of Toril and adjoining worlds. So Spell Plague has come up a couple few times in the last few months. Um, so decided it was finally time to talk about it. Um, we mentioned it in the episode on the Red Wizards of Thay. Um, also got brought up in Shadowfell as well. So it's kind of this huge deal that literally affected everything. And when I say everything, I mean all of it. Nothing was left untouched. I love, you know, I grew up and, and still love, I grew up reading and still love comic books. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite uh, things about comics were those giant big crossovers that yes. like every comic, like every character was involved in. It was, yes. I mean, I mean, they essentially did that with uh, like Avengers mm -hmm. uh, Infinity Wars and, and Endgame, right? Is that they brought all the characters together for like this big climactic battle. And, you know, these sort of, you know, um, 
you know, world exp- uh, expansive altering, yes. and altering uh, events that happen in Forgotten Realms remind me of that. And like I said, I am, I am, I am here for it. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's why I, one of those things that I really, really enjoy. I kind of, as far as like movies and stories and stuff like that, I like end of the world, like massive, huge areas affected by it type storytelling anyway. I'm very drawn to that. Um, So there are a couple different theories on what actually caused it. Um, Most popular theory um, about this is when the goddess Shar, um, goddess of night and darkness, um, made a patsy of Sarek and had Mistra, the goddess of magic, murdered. Um, now, for context, Shar had studied the weave, which was created and held by the goddess Mistra. Um, she had done this and then created the shadow weave, which was its opposite and balancing it. So it's a bastardized version of the weave. It's where all dark magic and those things come from. The negative comes from. The weave being essentially essentially magic. You know, yes, um, all magical yeah. energy and the flow of that throughout all of the world. Right. I love that. The shadow weave. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. More. Everything has to be balanced. Um, so what she'd hoped to do uh, was to replace the weave with the shadow weave Upon Mistra's death. However, as we all know, magic can be unpredictable and you can't really, I guess you can't really know what's going to happen when you have a god killed. There's, who knows? Magic's going to do what magic's going to do. Exactly. Haters going to (laughs) hate. Magic going to match. Look, there's there's (laughs) a couple of things in life that I know is that (laughs) haters are going to hate. And magic's going to do what magic's going to do. Exactly. So when Mistra died, though, the weave collapsed. And without the counterpart to balance it, the shadow weave did as well. Mistra was the force that was holding the weave in place and keeping all of these arcane forces in check. Um, With her death, raw magical forces surged forth, caused this unrivaled cataclysm Um, planes crashing into one another and you know things just going completely chaotic Um, so when this happened that was when Shar pulled energy from that and the negative energy plane and created the shadow fell which we had talked about a little bit back so this is the most popular theory as to how it started what caused it some scholars, however, don't believe that that was the cause of it. They say that that explanation, it makes no sense. It's completely illogical because historically but, speaking. But I mean, like, yeah, you can't use logic and reason when it comes to magic. I feel this is true. But, but let's let's hear let's hear them out. Let's hear them out. Hear what them do out. these scholars have to say? They say it's illogical because historically there were two earlier forms of Mistra that had also died and had since reformed during the, those periods of her death that we've held up. There were no catastrophes. So that can't possibly be what caused it this time. It didn't the last two times. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That's actually, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, 
the shade I was throwing earlier, I, I take <laughs> the I retract take, your shade. I I, shade I shade off. retract. I control <laughs> delete a gesture. Uh, there was gesture, and I love it. <laughs> I beep, retract that shade. Uh, but still, I mean, like maybe like you know, third time's a charm, sort of thing. Like maybe exactly. Like, yeah, like I had the two, but if you kill me a third, if I die a third time, that's kill it. me once, shame on you. Right. Kill me twice, shame on. Me, kill me thrice, everybody's screwed. It's screwed. <laughs> Magic <laughs> is screwed up. I'm getting real tired of dying. Or yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm this, I'm taking shut, you out shut, with shut me. it down. Shut the studio down. <laughs> Goodbye. We're done. I'm out. This, these same scholars, however, also felt like mortals would never really truly know what had happened or what had caused it and the actual truth of it. And Maybe not even the gods could really know. So they. It's a, again, like maybe like, you know, like, I mean, it's, it has to do with, with gods themselves and, and the, and the weave and magic. There's all things that are very much sort of above our pay grade. Right. That's definitely above our pay grade. So another theory um, near the year 1369, which was the year of the gauntlet. Um, a sentient construct named Sinosher offered a theory that an entity named the Traitor, um, his escape from the dungeons of Stardeep at the same time as Mistress Death, or very near the same time, um, he suggested that this also contributed to why there was so much mass devastation, um, you know, from the spell plague. So the Traitor is a was the highest priority prisoner in Stardeep, which is a prison located in a demi plane of the Feywild. He was once a lord, um, the lord of the Winter's Palace, until he joined the Abilethic sovereignty as a high priest and was stripped of all of his powers, his rank and titles, and imprisoned there. So he was very high profile. And they think that this guy might have contributed his escape might have contributed to it i i mean well yeah with a name like that the traitor it's like, it's i, I like, wonder oh. what he does <laughs> is that kind of like the uh year of blue flame <laughs> right like what i wonder there? yeah i wonder what that year was full of <laughs> and what our so, what our good friend uh why she named it that or why she prophesied that <laughs> It's no telling. I love it though, because it does make it easier. It's not like a like a Fallout Boy song where the title has nothing to do with what's happening in it. Right. There you right. go. There's my musical reference for the evening. And it's Fallout Boy. So it's Fallout Boy. It is. That's what I chose. That I stand by my decision. We're all friends here. <laughs> so when this happened, again, effects were felt all across Faye, you know, all across Faerun. And into other realms and planes as well. Uh, the madness of Sirik had corrupted um, the remaining arcane forces from when the weave was demolished, um, resulting in a new source of magic. Um, this defiling form of arcane magic took the form of blue flames and just spread across Toril um, and beyond. It infected planar gates and portals, and that's how it made it to other worlds etc nothing and no one was left untouched by the calamity so, so i so like going back really quickly to the the yeah, the, for sure. the name of the year 
So, I mean, this is like, you know, this, uh, I forgot that you looked it up and it's, you know, it's something like the mad who like prophesies these names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Irel, I think. And, something along those lines. And so like you have no idea, like, or someone would know, have no idea, like year of the blue flame, like what does that even mean? But then mm-hmm. here, you know, the year rolls mm-hmm. around like, okay, it's year of the blue flame. See what that's all about. And then the spell plague happens. And then you're like, oh, oh blue flame. Blue oh, flames. we're all yeah. going to die. Yeah. See that the that is the person that had prophesied it to um, to Zaz Tam. That's who that is. That was his. They were aligned at one point and then he ended up, you know, murdering her. Oh, Shocker. Zaz. oh, Zazzy. <laughs> what, are we ever, what are we Little ever going to do with you? Little Tam Tam. Um. <laughs> Little Tam Tam. <laughs> Makes him less scary. So it changed some of the effects from the spell plague. It, again, all kinds of stuff. It affected magic by the entire structure being completely out of balance. And even though many people tried to stabilize it, the spells that were successfully cast were unpredictable. Results varied, so anything could literally happen. And just other spells, wild magic just didn't all work. over the place. Yeah, yeah, just wild magic running rampant and chaos. Running wild. Running wild. Uh, did it hurt to have to make a wordplay yourself? I mean, it was a little. If you could tell, it seemed it was a little like disjointed. It's a little clumsy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll yes, yes, it did. It did hurt. You'll get there. Maybe. <laughs> um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the wards of Silvery Moon, which were some magical protections like runes and charms and stuff of that nature, um, utilizing the thal to protect their city, were also broken, leaving it, leaving Silvery Moon undefended at that point. Um, so it devastated the plains and the gods as well. Um, they weren't, you know, they weren't dismissed from or weren't safe from the effects of it. The world tree itself was shattered. Um, for those unfamiliar with that term, the world tree is the sentient tree-like cosmic model um, that joins all of the celestial planes to one another. So kind of like a family tree, you know, if you're visualizing this, but all those branches and casts off are different planes of existence. So as these branches fall, fell, you know, one by one, colliding, crashing into each other, so did the planes of existence. Most of the outer planes were destroyed when this happened. Um, new astral dominions were created and others were thrown into each other and merged together. Um, the paths to and from the Feywild were reopened, and it was pulled back into closer proximity with Toral. Planes that weren't merged together were destroyed. Um, this included, <laughs> I apologize for my pronunciations, uh, Dwomerhart, um, which was Mistra's realm. This is where many of the other gods of magic resided as well. Um, this was not, obviously, this was a catalyst point. Um, the god Savras Savras died as a result of this plane dissolving. Um, Azuth was thrown from the realm 
into the Nine Hills where he met our buddy Asmodeus. Our good friend. Our buddy, our friend, our pal. The um, Lord of the Nine Hills. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Asmodeus. <laughs> Asmodeus stole Azuth's um, divine sense. Oh, look at that little rascal. Right? He fused himself to him and oh, made himself piss, into piss. a god. Look at that. that little guy's always got a plan. He's always up to something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Using this newly taken power <laughs> and the uh, instability of the planes, he attempted to end the blood war by throwing the abyss into the elemental chaos. Just going to hurl this entire realm into another just, plane. Just yeet just, it, yeet yep, it just, into woo! the chaos. There you go. Yep. Um, It failed to stop the war, but it did stall it for about a century. Uh. The elemental chaos is an inner plane that is located at the farthest reaches of the elemental planes. It is the melting pot where all of the energies mix together. It contains all the former energy planes and elemental planes, as well as limbo. And now, thanks to Asmodeus, um, the abyss as well. So, I mean, yeah, I just... This is absolutely bananas because you have, you know, one thing that happens, you have Mistra, you know, dying and possibly destroying the shadow weave as a result or the mm-hmm. weave rather as a result. Yep. And so magic, uh, you know, is pretty much all magic is wild magic. You don't know mm-hmm. how it's, you know, how it's going to come out, how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And you would think like, okay, well that, you know, obviously that has ramifications, uh, mm-hmm. across the world but you don't think like oh well the lord of the nine hells is going to use this to finally end the eons long blood war and so like i like i said I, I just love how it affects literally everything it does it absolutely does uh some of the gods were even transformed by these blue flames um the god lathander was transformed back into a monter and nabanyan uh, was transformed into a beast. He was changed into a lion with a mane made of azure flames because he was rushing to try to save a pride of lions from the oncoming flames. And as they hit him, they mutated and transformed him. Ooh, that sounds fun. It does. It's, I was like, okay, that one's not... Considering what some other folks are going to have to deal with. I mean, if you're going to be changed into anything a like freaking lion like made of blue flames like you could certainly do worse than that this is very true this is very true um as a matter of fact uh Siric did worse you know the assassinator of the goddess of magic Uh, he was taken before a conclave and tried um tear soon and lathander found him guilty and sentenced him obviously right he was sentenced to imprisonment in his realm um the supreme throne so it became also his prison so like a little pocket dimension situation there and of course very raven loft you know mm -hmm. uh, domain of dread-esque a little bit yeah yeah um and of course the creation of the shadow fell happened at the same time was one of the planes created you know when yeah when they kind of like crashed into each other and sort of bowl uh-huh. it up on each other uh-huh. that's oh man that's so cool so okay so i want to get back to the spell plague i want to get back to how it affected 
uh, you know, the people and the land and just like other general effects of the spell. Of course. But first, let's go to the middle of the show. Thank our patrons. Talk about some D&D news and check out the DMs Guild. Of course. Welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show is where we thank our patrons. Mm -hmm. It's also where we discuss any D&D news that has that has broken between since between uh this episode and the last and of course when we get to the DMs guild to see what kind of homebrew fun we can get into. Yes. First and foremost, we want to thank each and every one of our patrons for financially supporting the show, allowing us to do a lot of cool stuff like commission art for merchandise. Uh, commission art for the magic item of the week yep. uh, dms guild uh, mm-hmm. book that we'll be releasing in 2023 you know we're able to grow the show in a lot of cool ways that we wouldn't be able to do without yep. the help of the likes of uh, wolf the sheepdog or tax 10 star or coffee bean you know so thank you so much uh to the three of you and to everyone else of course uh, if you are interested in supporting the show in this way, you can go to patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. Mm-hmm. You can get anything from stickers to uh, bonus content. You know, we do at least one bonus episode and two patron plus installments every month. Uh, we also have uh, free merchandise that you can get at the $25 tier, at the wizard tier, in mm-hmm. addition to joining, having a standing invitation to the patron roundtable each and every month where we have a lot of fun talk about have a lot of you know fun D discussions it is pretty great it's it's multiverse famous and sometimes uh when i am feeling froggy i will delete the recording and we get to do it twice <laughs> which i was okay with this time uh, every everyone was a sweetheart about it but i'm not gonna oh, de- yeah. i'm definitely not gonna make a habit of it no please don't i i was just i i'm okay with the second one i liked my second take a lot better but uh, yeah, but if you still want to support the show, but you're unable mm-hmm. to sign up for the Patreon, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to it, and leave us a five-star review. Let everyone mm-hmm. who might be thinking like, hey, is this the D&D lore cast for me? You can tell them, yes, in fact, it is. It is for it you. Is. It was for me, and it can be for you too. It was, yeah. I uh, I just, like a few weeks ago did the review i've been listening for a long time you've been, before yeah, you've been i a, became a host you've been a pretty good <laughs> listener i was like oh hey i should probably do that thing that we keep telling people to do I, it takes I, 10 seconds for sure 10 seconds of your time you can also follow us on twitter we are mm-hmm. at dnd lorecast yep. uh you can join the robots radio network discord and chat with us on our channel there uh, you can keep your eyes out for the upcoming D&D Lorecast TikTok that we are working on. And uh, yeah, like you can just tell tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell tell somebody, tell, you know, you you meet somebody or you know somebody who has has an interest in D&D. Let them yep. know like, hey, we got a couple of nerds who know too much about D&D and the That's stuff true. they don't know about, they're willing to read about and then tell us everything that they know. Read insane amounts. Of books and information. <laughs> I mean, there it's, it's like a dream come true to have really like is. five different books open on my desk, plus like a couple mm-hmm. of PDFs, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm talking, I'm reading about this one night that this, was this was referenced. One event I had yeah. 
eight tabs open. <laughs> eight tabs cross-referencing what I needed from everywhere. Right. It's it's for fantastic. You guys. And for no, me. yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 for Worth all of every us. Every second. It's for all of us. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the D D news. Uh, they have announced, and they're not coming out till March, which makes me want to cry. Uh, I think I saw pre-orders. Oh yeah, there are definitely pre-orders. They are D and D dice leans. They're being mm-hmm. released to promote the new movie. They are essentially Dungeons and Dragons Transformers. Mm-hmm. They are like all D twenties that transform into something else. And the number of times I got tagged or sent a link to those posts was astronomical. It's they're I incredible. Never had that many people like, hey Mary, did you see these? They had to have seen these, right? So what what I so there's four of them. There are there's a red dragon, mm-hmm. there is a black dragon, there mm-hmm. is an owl bear, and there is a beholder. Combines my two favorite things, monsters and dice. <laughs> it's they're so cool i mean like they're essentially like yeah like i said they're 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 they roll up into into d20s and then you then they transform out into into the into the creature it's the coolest thing you can find pre-order pre-orders for them Mm -hmm. just about anywhere uh you know gamestop amazon uh you know pick them up march 1st at your friendly local gaming shop they are definitely like I'm already trying to figure out where they're going to go on my shelf. They're small. I've got room on my desk. They can go with the other dice. And I don't think it's been officially announced. I think they sort of just um maybe photos got leaked or if they were if they were announced but they weren't um you know sort of like a hey like these are these are things that are coming out but the Honor Among Thieves the D&D movie the official action figures from the movie. Ooh, I saw a photo of those, but I can't find a pre-order anywhere. So it makes me think that they've kind of been announced, but not, photo. you know, but yeah, you can't, uh, you can't order them yet, but yeah, you've got the Chris Pine character, the Michelle Rodriguez character. Yes. So again, just, you know, more toys for me to buy because I'm I am utterly gonna... obsessed with D and D. That's perfectly acceptable. I mean, it's fine, right? It's fine. It's fine. It's, abs- it's fine. It's absolutely fine. They can all hang fine. out with Moloch. There you go. There you go. They can hang out with all my books and all my Funkos. Yeah. All my D&D Funkos. I mean, I'm just... You, you slap two Ds and a dragon ampersand on something and... I'm, I'm probably going to buy it. I'm a sucker for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry. You know what? I love this game unapo- unapologetically and unironically. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I love it. Speaking of loving this game, uh, one yes. of the reasons I love it so much is because of the homebrew, how to make the game your own. So let's what's what's at what's what's at the DMs Guild this week? What is at the DMs Guild this week? There are so many things to choose from. What did you find while perusing through the scrolls and tomes, good sir? Well, one thing I love is a good puzzle. Is a good Ooh. like you know sort of brain twister something to like really yes. make you think, and mm-hmm. so we've got puzzles, predicaments, and perplexities from the Wizard Sleeve Studio, uh, Steve Jasper Orr and Bill Petrino. In mm-hmm. fact, there are uh, three of these. Uh, you can get them separately, 
the first one that I'm going to cover is only four ninety uh four ninety nine. The Ooh. and uh the other the parts two and part three are four ninety five. Mm-hmm. Or you That's can get the no oh, yeah, you can get the bundle for uh discounted twelve ninety five. But so what is in it? So adventurers need much more than just brute force, magical powers, and nimble moves in order to survive the dangers that await them. A sharp mind is just as important as a sharp sword. When faced with a challenging puzzle, finding the solution can be the difference between victory and defeat. So this book contains a collection of logic puzzles, brain teasers, and encoded sequences intended to test the problem-solving and deductive reasoning of characters and players. These puzzles are designed to be easily placed into any adventure with no additional work, yet also provide guidance on how dungeon masters can customize the details to best fit into their own campaigns. So it's got 10 original puzzles to use, instructions on how to scale the difficulty of the puzzles for characters of all levels, which is really, yeah, what that's really like honed me into this, like, oh, that's That's, great. Yeah, I struggle really, really, really hard with creating puzzles. I can get a narrative, I can describe a place, build an encounter, doing puzzles and traps and stuff like that, I have a hard time with. So this is, yeah, that is Outsource it. Outsource Outsource it to the the good folks at Wizard Sleeve. I gotta. Uh, hints for each puzzle to guide players toward the solution without simply giving it away. Guidance for customizing the puzzles to fit your own adventure, campaign, or original world. And optional, and I love this, raise the stakes sidebar which, for making the puzzles more deadly. Oh. Uh, five original maps suitable for in-person or online play, plus four original handouts to help visualize the layout, the runes, the symbols involved with some mm-hmm. of the puzzles plus a table listing of spells potentially triggered by failed solutions organized by tier and danger level. So that yeah, this is, is fantastic. Yeah, this is, this sounds fantastic. It's uh, mm-hmm. an adamantine seller. So it's sold a bunch of copies. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that a thousand, maybe I'm not sure that uh, the, the tier on That's DMs. Still... Guild. It's still a ton of copies, maybe not a literal ton. Uh, you know, not two thousand, but at least a thousand. I don't know. I don't know. It sold a lot. It sold a lot. It's got a badge. There's on a it. lot of them. Lots and, of people keep buying it. And it's got four and a half stars based on a hundred and thirty-three ratings. So it's it sounds great. Sounds it's, solid to me. And like I said, you can buy the bundle, get mm-hmm. all three of them, and I believe that the uh, parts two and three, you uh, or at least part two, you can get a physical copy of. You can get either uh, soft cover Ooh. or hard cover. So I would love to see a, uh, a hard cover collection of the of the three of them, but beggars can't be choosers. Not yet, but not maybe yet. someday. Not yet. Oh, maybe speaking, someday. Speaking of hardcover editions, uh, uh, One Night Strahd finally broke the plane, like the threshold to get a hardcover uh, print on demand. Oh, it, that is amazing! It's, I am so happy for the folks over at um, uh, uh, Hydra, uh, the not Hydra, the Hedra Group. I'm sorry, the Hedra Group. Mm-hmm. They created this amazing book, and yeah. you know had an amazing uh, real time play with that bronze girl uh, and several other great role players, yeah. and couldn't be happier for them. Um, and it's I won't lie, it it is pricey. It comes out to a whopping uh eighty bucks, eighty two fifty six. Uh however, it is a chunk. It is 
over say, 500 a, pages. I was going to say, that's a thick boy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a textbook. It's, you know, yes. so what's great is that, you know, you can run this several different times in several different ways. So, that's you know, you're awesome. not just buying the book and, and running it once, Look you know, with the, you know, with, you can, you can play it with the same folks several different times. Right. And it's still not the, the exact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the I'm just, just going to throw it out there. As far as price goes, that's a way better deal than some of the textbooks that I've had to pay for. <laughs> All right. That you just, saying. you just use for the semester and then like, well, see you later. Yeah. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I could use it as a booster seat so I can see over the hood of the car or something. But other than that. Oh, that's not safe. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I don't actually. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I, I don't believe that you're joking. <laughs> well, that being said, let's go ahead and jump back to the spell plague and finish off this show. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Let's go ahead. We're we're talking the spell plague with yes. with the D and D lore cast. And that's us. That's that's yourself and myself. Yes. Let's go ahead and just jump right back into it. Right back into it. So we were about to discuss the effects that it had on the people and the lands that it touched, which is pretty much everything. Um, one of the things that we, much like you know, we had mentioned previously, um was the fate of the nation of Thay. Um, the lands around it shifted, earth and stone tearing, changing beneath their feet as they rose thousands of feet into the air. This was not an isolated incident. <laughs> it wasn't just a one area had this, you know, um, oh, what's the right word? Geographical calamity. <laughs> and... Even if it was just the one place, be like, ah, that's a problem. I mean, that's just like, oh, wow, that's 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 not yeah, that's not supposed to happen. (laughs) But but you could be like, well, at least it's it's just happening just right there. But yeah, (laughs) if it was just they, it probably wouldn't have been noted. People would have been like, yeah, it was a great year. Good things happened. (laughs) Yeah. Like they finally got their those jerks. They had it. Yeah, they had it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But since it was everywhere, it's like, oh, this is a problem. Um, one of the places, one of the locations where the storms had begun to develop was a place called um, Halrua. Um, the priests there had actually foreseen the death of Mistra and had, you know, had prophesied the death of her and the destruction of the weave. They were able to harness the power of this blue fire and save most of their kingdom by transporting it to um, Toral's twin planet, Abier. Um the remaining lands, though, were not able to be saved. Um, it was an area that was already heavy with wild magic. And when this happened, there was a massive explosion um, there. It was felt as far away as Waterdeep, which is pretty good distance away. So Halrua was on the southernmost point of the continent of Faerun, while Waterdeep is up the northwesternish coast along the Sea of Swords. So... Imagine, if you will, um, the southern tip of Texas explodes. People all the way up in western Oregon on the coast feel this happen. That's that's gnarly for sure. <laughs> it is 
massive. Um, it absolutely decimated the Golden Plains, Suspect, and the Nagalands. Um, these are all transformed and became known as the Plague Rot Lands, a place that didn't really quite recover from what had happened. So the people that were touched by the spell plague were not as lucky as those that happened to be transported elsewhere. Um, if, <laughs> um, if you weren't immediately killed by it, um, it would drive like, you completely if insane. You, if you didn't die immediately. If you didn't die immediately, like, which oddly enough kind of sounds like it might have been one of the better fates. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, rather than like slowly going insane. slow, Yeah, like slowly going insane or being horrifically mutated um, physically in many, many extreme ways, these mutations often accompanied by that complete loss of sanity that we just mentioned and sometimes bestowed people with terrible powers as well so just kind of you know a little different um thousands of casters were completely lost their minds completely driven mad by the collapse of the weave and or killed as well i mean that's that's gnarly though mm-hmm just literally everyone and everything <laughs> i mean just imagine you're just chilling out like man i'm a spellcaster. i'm so cool i can do magic and then all of a sudden whoa i can do magic i can do the magic la, 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 la. <laughs> kind of slowly drifting into into insanity although some and, people and i was gonna say like like this sounds even better than like being driven completely insane or killed sounds better than what you're about to say. <laughs> uh, the folks that were lucky enough to survive coming into contact. Lucky with, in quotes. Lucky in quotes. Uh, coming into contact with weaker versions of the spell plague. Um, they were able to walk away with their lives and a spell scar to remind them of that, you know, that they got to escape with their lives and sanity. Um, but it also granted them some fairly potent powers as well. So it's these random waves of blue flames appearing mm -hmm. everywhere across the land, killing and maiming as S they go. Silver lining, I guess. You are mutated physically in extreme ways. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm usually lose all sanity but hey you've you've got these new powers you can yeah. do cool dark stuff i'm sure um it wrought geographical havoc um everywhere the world of eber which is the twin planet tutorial um it appeared first there in uh gontal um it's a southwestern area of a continent called Laracon, which um, where it collided with, um, when it appeared there, it collided with this fortress of an artificer, detonating the fortress. <laughs> and this explosion shook the entire planet, creating um, the Gilar Barrens where that fortress had once stood. So first explosion we talked about was pretty good size from, you know, Texas to Oregon. This one, 
the whole planet. Just planet-wide earthquake. The whole world. The entire world. This earthquake tore the continent of Laracond apart. The nation of Skelcor was torn away from that and just disappeared into the blue flames of the spell plague. Just bye. Bye. Peace out. Um, this happened to be the this happened to be where the dragonborn nation of Timanchabas, Timanchabar's capital, had been located, and also the city citadel of Thamar. Um, had been located. Had been, because had. it was relocated. See, it's fine. They just poofed somewhere else and crashed onto um, the town of Unther. So, take a minute here. <laughs> this is, this is what they paint a word picture for you i'm gonna paint a little bit of a picture here um the untherites are just you know doing their thing trying to get by you know, you know surviving just, you know a little busy saturday yeah maybe at the market home maybe, depot right farmer's market maybe, bed bath and right. beyond if there's enough time right getting themselves an iced coffee some pumpkin spice and doing their thing i deserve this i, I work hard this. all week i needed this for my self-care and then suddenly up above that's <laughs> the uh, sun is blotted out by a massive piece of land hurtling towards you completely wreathed in blue flames just right like, on top of everything i wouldn't even have time to be scared <clears throat> i'd be so confused like I, that can't be what i'm seeing that can't be like a I, giant mm -hmm. piece of land i feel like i would be too stupefied to speak right exactly like that, that can't Just... be a giant piece of land covered in blue flames like you're know, completely blotting out the sun mm -hmm. like falling towards us right that can't yeah. be it right that, that can't be squash this is not armageddon <laughs> It's not. Except maybe a little bit. So many people believed that when this happened, the Unthrites and the occupying Mulharandi forces were all obliterated, which seems a logical conclusion, considering. Squish. Um, yeah. yeah, squish, yeah. right? Um, however, squish. that's not what happened. Unther. What? Do right? tell. So Uther was then transported to the world of Aber and the lands of Shear, which is basically Aber's uh, equivalent of Faerun. So Sky lands on top. The place that it lands on top of is taken out of there and thrown onto another planet and plugged into a similar place. That's okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it. Uh, this is why I was trying to organize it as concisely as possible. So, a bear is the twin planet of Toral, which is yes. where, you know, Toral is like the world in Forgotten Realms. So, in, yes. And so, a bear is, it, it, it lo it's located in the same material plane, uh, mm -hmm. but it's like in a pocket dimension. Mm -hmm. And so, Essentially, what happened is this city or this like like this, you know, this geographical area mm -hmm. went from mm -hmm. one planet to another planet in another like pocket dimension, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's then sent another city back, 
Okay, let's hear about it. <laughs> well, that's that's how that first part happened. The rest of the continent of Laracond was sent to the trackless sea where it absorbed the lands of Mazdika and or Matsika. One of these is spelled wrong. <laughs> and I think it's the second one. So Mazdika um, was then also transported over to a bear. And the rest of Lyricon stayed on Toral and became known as Returned Abair. So they're just passing land That's, masses back and forth, just like, like it's Thanksgiving dinner. I was going to say, like, <laughs> like you're trading Halloween candy. Like, we're trading Halloween candy. I don't know which one of them is the Reese's, though. Whichever one you don't like. Whichever Which one, one you don't personally like. don't Which- like. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, some of the other things that happened during this. Um, rifts were opened beneath the uh, Sea of Fallen Stars between it and the Underdark, making the water level of the sea drop like dramatically um, and creating the Underchasm, where the Great Rift once was, and simultaneously cut off many people from their ports, their livelihoods, and just kind of devastated the region. Pieces of the Underdark also broke off and began floating skyward, becoming earth moats, which are little floating islands that are varying sizes. Some are nations, some are not. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The peninsula where Var the Golden was once located became known as Var the Drowned. Um, when it was swallowed up by the Great Sea. This is just chaos everywhere. See, uh, there were some humans who had been connected to the Shadowfell. They were transformed and created the race of the Shadar Kai. So that's where they came from. They did. They well, came from the Spell Plague. Again, like, I know about the Shadar Kai. Like, I'm, like I've read about them. Mm-hmm. And I've read that, you know, they were, uh, you know, their creation is a result of a spell plague. But again, like I, I, my Didn't knowledge know. of the spell plague was, like I said, just in passing, like I had passing right. familiarity with it. I so, think like, I, I do. I think that the spell plague is one of those things that if you've played D&D for any period of time, you've heard it somewhere. Someone right. has said it. Something has been mentioned or referenced to it. It just changed so many things um the entire mulharandi pantheon disappeared and mulharand was destroyed this later became the empire of high imaskar um, there was a an island um the misty vale where the elves that a group of elves had occupied it um, they survived and were able to like their veil itself was destroyed revealing their location they were able to fight off all intrusions though so they didn't get their place taken over which surprising to no one was consistently happening um, politics went absolutely just insane um, complete upheaval, uprisings, invasions, coups all being attempted, um, especially in places where they had been relying on arcane magic to keep their populace in like under their thumb. So when that stopped, all those people are like, well, we don't have to listen to you. What are you going to do? Your magic doesn't work. No, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can I I couldn't imagine people using this, not using this 
as an opera like this sort oh, of chaotic sure. time and period of time to to not further like you know and uh like not further their own goals mm-hmm. or own uh mm-hmm. like the goals of whatever organization they might exactly. uh you know belong to um there was the island of um so cholt became an island because most of the peninsula um it was cut off from most of the peninsula during this um a lot of samark drowned the survivors were left spell scarred from this and the yuanti realm of serpentese fell at the same time um the city of mesro was actually able to be saved from destruction um by uptau's beret um they are the chosen seven um he had they had chosen seven undying men and women in which to to rule over the city of mesro um, they created a demiplane and were able to transport their city along with all the citizens there and left behind in its place. I thought this was really interesting. They left a red herring, um, a false set of ruins, like completely faked, that were solely occupied by the undead so that people trying to seek out where they truly went would be deterred by this. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> So uh, the creation of the Underchasm completely obliterated. This is the Underchasm is the one that was created in the Underdark where the Great Rift was. Um, it obliterated Southeast Shacenta, um, although Shacenta survived and prospered. But <laughs> their beloved ruler, Shazar, disappeared and left no trace behind. They have no idea what happened to this dude, just gone. Just poof just poofed he just poofed he um, just poofed mm-hmm. <laughs> the shar became a wasteland known as the shar desolation um, pieces of earth were ripped apart became these earth moats and flying cities this happened all over the place um, the sudden changes in the continents um, this is on toral of course the since tsunamis devastating all of the coasts and all of the island nations like every single one of them was affected by it the island of lantan took a harder hit than most of the other ones though um the magical reagents like it's got it's got to be a pretty gnarly hit then oh it's it's pretty gnarly all right let's Um, hear about it okay so all of their reagents and smoke powder exploded at once, just before the waves of these tsunamis hit them. Um, <laughs> and in that chaos that was already happening, stuff is blowing up. All of these things are happening as the city of Lantan or the island of Atlantan is engulfed in the blue flames of the spell plague and sent to Aver. Just completely explodes flames everywhere then suddenly you're in a completely different planet right just there um what remained there was completely flooded and washed away all of the advanced tech that they had because it was a very tech oriented society and killed the remaining um lantanese that had been left behind that weren't i guess lucky enough to be lucky is that that is that what we're calling it i don't know uh you know what you guys be the judge 
if it's lucky or not, not me. I'm just the messenger, you know, I'm not judging anything. Of course not. Um, except Halloween candy, because peanut butter and chocolate don't belong together. And I stand by that statement. So um, it also. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going <laughs> to have to edit that out. <laughs> you're going to. That's you're just wrong. It started just... uprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it submerged the halfling realm of Luren creating the Gulf of Loren, um, though the waters have receded in the last century. So since this occurred and travelers from the South tell tales of halfling communities that actually were able to survive it. Um, Nimbral disappeared completely. All of the illusions that cloaked Selun, which is the moon and the realm of the goddess that it's named for, um, revealing all of the settlements to it on it and the truth of it. So it had had, it was made to look as though it was barren, like the uh, like the journal entry that we started the show with. That's what he was referring to. But we've got so, moon folk up there. We got moon folk. Moon's haunted. Um, Evermeet became a pale shadow of what it once was. It was an island um, of the elves. Um, and it was pushed back into the plane of the fairy. But the inhabitants could travel between the two freely as they wanted. But the island just wasn't quite right anymore. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anything is quite right anymore. Nothing is quite right. Um, Neverwinter was not hit as hard as some of the other places. But the effects of it were still felt there. Um, a small plague land formed in the Underdark below it. Chunks of land in and around the docks district were sent skyward. Um, several notable buildings were affected there as well, including the Cloak Tower, the Fallen Tower, and Castle Never. There were pieces of Coneyberry that were traded out with pieces of a bear. Um, although the citizens there, actually in Coneyberry, accepted all these outsiders, and this village became somewhat prosperous for a time. So there's our, there's a happy fact. I going to say, like, you know. We got make, one. Make lemonade. Make lemonade. Um, in the year 1386, large parts of Eber and Toral switched places, um, though small bits had been switching and moving since the time of Troubles. This was more of a, on a much larger and noticeable scale. Western Shacinta and large sex sections of Shondath suddenly and violently switched with a portion of Sheer, um, this displaced some groups of Ganassi who wasted no time in building their own kingdom where they landed. So a lot of folks are just like, all right, we're here now. Might as I well might as well do what we do. We might as well do what we do. Um, another little oddity that I thought was fascinating was the Tower of Twilight. It just completely disappeared from the normal timeline. Just gone from history gone from time, stopped existing completely, and remained gone until 1421 DR after the eruption of Mount Hotono. Just back into existence after this volcano eruption, because why not? You know? Why not? Why not? Um, some of... Let's see here. And the monsters forced to guard the high tower of Thalivar and its secrets in Leilun 
were released. The magic holding them was redirected toward the city. Um, and it would paralyze anyone where they stood if they dared to gaze upon it. So a bunch of... Crazy malarkey. Like, at, malarkey is the best word for it. <laughs> I if, love that word. If if there is a like a more concentrated form of malarkey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it, it could probably probably be that as well. Oh, for sure. So it again wreaked havoc everywhere. In the aftermath of the spell plague, uh, most of the effects had come to an end by 1395 DR, the year of silent death. Which I'm really intrigued now. I need to know what that means. <laughs> Don't like the sound of that one. <laughs> right. So by this time, most of the arcane magic had restabilized and they had gained a, sem- a semblance of normalcy again. Um, though the way spells were cast had changed some. But for the most part, things were getting back to whatever normal could be. Um, this decade following the spell plague became known as the Wailing Years. All right. Which, so, so the spell plague took it was about a decade in of, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It lasted. The effects of it lasted for approximately right. ten years, known as the Wailing Years. By right. 1479 DR, um, the remaining places that were still affected by this uh, were being called plague lands. The victims, it. yeah, it. it makes perfect sense, and it also sounds super forbidding. I right. do not want to go to the plague lands. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, it's like the uh, like the artifact which will save our our kingdom is found in the plague lands. Like, oh well, hope you find someone to get it because it's not gonna be me. No, I hope you enjoyed your kingdom. <laughs> um, the Best victims, to get your affairs in order. Right, go ahead and take care of that. Yeah. Um, also, by fourteen seventy nine, victims of the spell plague. Um, from Neverwinter, which this is just horrible to me. I thought this was like on top of everything else. Um, these people are expelled from the city, completely exiled, sent to live in Helm's Hold. Um, those were the that were the most afflicted, both mentally and physically. These are the folks that had been, you know, spell scarred and mutated and all of those things. They're held in a sanatorium in Helm's Hold, which just we're just gonna lock them away over there get them out of the city like okay. well you know sometimes fantasy isn't all that um yeah. different gotta from reality the, <laughs> yep gotta have the dark to um balance out the light i guess um the following year the spell plague had ended with an event known as mistra's return the goddess resurrected the weave and magic refer referred sure returned to its former self for the most part and in the year 1482 DR, the second sundering was began uh, by Lord Ao in an attempt to restore the worlds um, of Eber and Toral to what they were before this catastrophe happened. He's trying to put it all back together properly, right? as right. it were. And we will be talking about the second sundering very shortly. Again, one of those things, it's essentially what bridges the gap between 4th edition and 5th edition. Right. And so, uh, again, one of those things that happened uh, in the era of 4E mm-hmm. that five, that you know 5E players probably have heard about, it's mentioned, 
but don't really know a whole lot about. Right. That's where I sit on that topic. Like I've heard it, but I'm not familiar yet. Right. So very excited to to discuss that. But like I said, we we have got the War of the Lance, the the Shadow of the Dragon Queen, which takes place during the War of the Lance. Dragon Lance, uh, you know, uh, compendium box, that box set. Uh, oh, yeah. It's coming out soon. It's, it's we're about a month away. We're a little less, a little over a month away. And so <laughs> as a result, Still and we, away. you know, we, uh, we actually will be able to talk about it uh, about a week early. We'll be able to get it from D&D Beyond a mm-hmm. couple weeks early than the official release date so we'll be talking about it in in november in this month so but to get ready for that we will be talking about war of the lance over the next couple weeks right and uh yeah i can't wait i can't wait for for some dragon we're gonna we're gonna switch from forgotten realms to kryn and i couldn't be more excited that's i'm ready i'm ready to learn some more stuff always (laughs) always right i mean like and it's 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 just it's great. It's I love having all this knowledge because uh I hardly ever use it, but I feel <laughs> I feel like if I ever like I, I need to, I'm going to use it. It's kind of like the reason why I have all these TTRPG like rule books. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I've I've not played a game of Shadowrun Fifth Edition or Star Wars Age of Empires. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just in case someone's like Quick, someone like run a, uh, you know, Deadlands D twenty game. Yes. Like, who, who is there? Is there someone on the plane that can do that? I can raise my hand. That's the only way. Right. So, I'm saving lives here. If you think about it, it's true. You are. Well, Mary, thank you so much for oh, talking to you. us about the spell plague. Oh, and of course. Thank you so much for allowing the D&D Lorecast into your life for this brief moment in time. We hope that you uh, continue to do so in the future. I hope the same. That was so much fun. I, again, absolutely love everything that we talk about every time. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener, and until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.